0: Hello, welcome to Pardon the Sound podcast. This is your host, Kyle Sievertson. On today's episode of Pardon the Sound, we have singer-songwriter Emily Correa. Emily is from Rhode Island. She writes amazing songs. Um, this episode was recorded a while ago, so the coronavirus quarantine had just began. So we were discussing all of this, and that context is important to the conversation In spots. She had just released a single called New Normal. And we start the conversation right in the heat of her saying how that single has been received. I really hope you enjoy this interview. If you do, please subscribe on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, wherever you get your podcasts. And please, if you enjoy this interview, please find Emily's music and buy it or listen to it. However you want to take in that art. Um, That's what we're here to do. I'd love for you to find an artist that you really enjoy. And I think you'll enjoy this. Let's go. Let's go.
1: to the new single has been really special. Really? Um, yeah. It's probably the most vulnerable sounding song that I've mm-hmm. written. Uh, even during the writing process with Chris, who I co-wrote the song with, there were so many moments where he was like, you know, I would start a phrase and he would he would finish it. And I'd say, I don't want to say that. <laughs> That's like, no, that makes me sound weak. That's too honest. Um, but we went with it. Mm -hmm. And so now the response has been, um, I've just had a lot of people reaching out saying, Hey, it feels like you wrote this song about my life or, Hey, I don't know if you know this, but I'm going through a divorce and I feel like you wrote the song for me. Or, um, you know, I mean, sadly, that's the majority of people reaching out are people who have gone through a breakup or a divorce, um, or actually a couple of people um, have reached out saying they lost actually lost a child oh,
0: wow. and
1: that the song the song resonated with them because of the new normal that they found themselves having to navigate after losing a child so to me, even though those are all really sad situations. To me, the response that I've received, hearing from those people, is amazing because it means I'm just doing my job as a songwriter.
0: Well, yeah, the, the reactionary, like you get vulnerable like that, and it feels too honest, and then you realize that some people need that honesty, and I suppose that's yeah, kind of the repercussion you hope for when you do that. Um, Absolutely, that's awesome. That's awesome that it's working out well. It's a it's a great single. I personally, <laughs> I discovered uh, your stuff on. Someone's Instagram that I follow, they shared it, and I was like, "Oh, oh cool. that's cool. I'd like to you know hear more of this, so I went and listened to it all. I was like, "Oh, this is all really good i Thanks. you know I liked all of it. um and I just have to like, when you started, did you start on piano? Yes, and how long ago was that?
1: I started playing piano when I was six,
0: mm-hmm.
1: not structurally. Like I just started playing around by ear when I was six or seven.
0: Okay. That's interesting because I feel like with piano, there's always either you learned it structurally where like your parents are like, we better have them learn some music or (laughs) I I don't hear with piano a lot where it's just, I'm playing by ear and I'm giving it a try. That's like my lane with the guitars and stuff. Like (laughs) we all pick it up and it's like, well, what's a bar chord, you know? So that's interesting. Yeah. (laughs) How long till you started writing songs and playing around with that? Are you, did you ever figure out structural with theory, anything like that? Yeah. Or is it all so, by here still?
1: <laughs> well, I can, I can read and write music. Um, but if I hear, say I hear a song on the radio and I'm like, oh, I love that. I want to cover it. I want to learn it. I don't. I don't go look for the sheet music. I sure. just sit down at the piano. You know, I can I can play by ear a lot better and faster than I can if you pop some sheet music in front of me. But I know it enough to be able to teach it.
0: Um, sure.
1: I did, I did start taking piano lessons when I was
0: 11. Okay. Um, so that was quite a while of plunking around, yeah. really.
1: Yeah, it's funny. I started figuring out songs by ear when I was six or seven. We had, um, it's kind of a random story. My parents had an exchange student from France come and stay with us. And we had this old Yamaha keyboard, um, that my mom had from like when she was single. And this, the exchange student just started showing me some songs and I remembered them. And one, I remember one Sunday. My family came home from church and I was so excited to go to the piano and I figured out a song that I had heard in church. Oh, wow. Totally, totally normal to me. And I remember my mom saying, how did you learn that? Mm -hmm. And I was like, what do you mean? How did I learn? Like, we just we just sang it in church. Like, Mm -hmm. Duh. And, and I think that's when my parents realized, okay, we need to get her some piano lessons. Like, I guess we got to do this.
0: Sure, sure. She's got a knack for it. We better let her explore it further. Kind yeah,
1: of yeah. So that was that was it. I was hooked once I started taking lessons. Um, I only took lessons for a couple of years. Sure. But um, I was just figuring everything out by ear anyways. So I just I stuck with it.
0: Perfect. Well, that's pretty awesome. That's really random how that works. Um, so, how long had you been kind of playing like that before you started writing songs? Because I would so, imagine that puts you at like what 14 after you're done with lessons or so? 15? Yeah. If my Minnesota yeah, that's math true. is right.
1: <laughs> um, yeah. So, I would tell you, I didn't write my first. Song until I was 16. Okay. But recently, actually, not recently, a few years ago, I was going through some old notebooks and stuff from my parents' house. And I came across a diary that I had when I was probably nine or 10 years old. Mm -hmm. And there were songs in it. Like there was actually a song about. Um, me hating this mean girl (laughs) because, uh, she was rude and lied about me. Apparently
0: all valid reasons.
1: Yeah. (laughs) And there was a song about it and, you know, it was just a couple of lines of a verse and a very brief chorus, but it just shocked me. I was like, Oh my gosh, I've been writing songs since I was nine or 10. (laughs) Yeah. So it sucked, but, um, that's
0: when I started. <laughs> well, well, I think we are. everybody has to write the clunkers, too, which is what I find interesting about that. um so you start early, you find kind of those songs. You've got mostly singles that you've released so far. yeah, is, does that make it easier to kind of keep the process flowing, or is there freedom in doing singles over albums? because I mostly talk to people who are hellbent on recording a full album
2: oh but really? there's a lot
0: of people who are uh you know releasing singles now and I mm-hmm. think it's just a little more fluent for creativity you don't have to create nonstop. you can just wait till you have what you feel good about maybe
1: yeah I would agree with that uh for me it's yeah a combination of a couple of things I <laughs> I remember buying albums when I was a kid, mm-hmm. and ultimately only liking two or three songs off of sure. the album, and then only listening to like those two songs. I feel like I could notice from a young age songs that were strong and had an emotional impact, um, as opposed to songs that were just kind of filler songs sure. for an album. So I've always had an aversion to. Putting out an album just for the heck of it. Right. Putting out 8 to 10 songs or 8 to 12 songs just to be able to say, yeah, I did a full-length album. Because I like, I like albums that have a flow, have <laughs> a common thread through all the songs. And yeah, sure, I have a lot of songs, but I don't have 8 to 12 songs that I feel like are Similar in genre and flow nicely, that I would want to be all together in a full album experience. Sure, so I just haven't done it.
0: <laughs> so, do you feel like, with that explanation, I wonder if you were to write a full album, do you feel like an artist, almost if they want to do it right, has to be deliberate about every choice throughout the whole thing? Because that's that's a lot of creative energy to do that, you yeah, know? Yeah,
1: you know, I think so. And that's how I would feel. That's how I would feel. So maybe I would feel a little constrained.
0: Right. And I know I've listened to full albums where it's very obvious, like, okay, you guys recorded drums, like in four different studios and none of this is together. I think I don't like that. This might sound blasphemous and I don't really like talk smack on albums, especially beloved ones, (laughs) but. I think like the first Sam Smith album, for whatever reason to me, it felt like a lot of the stuff didn't fit together and they just, hey, we got a bunch of songs. Let's throw this oh, out interesting.
1: Here. I'm going to have to go back and listen. What was his first album? Do you know? That- it's, the,
0: it's the one that had uh, Stay With Me on it, I think was his first album. Okay. <sighs> so if you go back and listen to that from start to finish. For whatever reason to me, I was like, "Okay, these are good songs by themselves, but it just yeah, feels like there was teams of people, and they all like got together in their camps, and it's like, here we did our part, and they didn't know anything of what anyone else was doing, but that's just my opinion so
1: i'm gonna I'm gonna have to go back and listen. I want to say off the top of my head, I want to say, I loved that album um mm-hmm. loved." It, but maybe it's just because I was like, "Wow, these are killer songs." Sure, and
0: and so many of them, you know, you heard as singles on the radio too, or at least I did, and I was like, "Well, this is great." And then when I finally went back and listened to the album altogether, for whatever reason, my you know music production degree that means nothing just kicked in, and I was just like, <laughs> "This just doesn't quite feel right to me." But I Where's hyper. Your- <laughs> Where'd you go to school? I went to a school called IPR in Minneapolis. Oh, cool. It's a it's kind of a money grab, but I learned a lot of cool stuff. But uh I know
1: all about a, <laughs> a money grab school, don't you
0: worry? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. No. I'm I'm glad I did it. But you know, I had yeah. a I had a teacher like a quarter in and he was just like, you know, you're gonna do this for a long time and never make any money. Uh-huh. <laughs> Like my my second quarter into it, I was like, uh-huh. He's like, okay, well, you know, you're spending a lot of money to do that, right? And I was just like, uh-huh. And you're okay with that, right? I guess. You know, I'm 18, <laughs> so I'm just like, I better finish.
2: Right, but right.
0: <laughs> that's neither here nor there. Um. So when you're writing your songs, you mentioned you co-write. Is that something that you you must really value that if you bring it up right away? what does co-writing do for your writing versus by yourself? Have you mostly co-written the whole time?
1: No, I've mostly written by myself. Mm -hmm. That's always been most comfortable for me. Mm -hmm. Um, I did, I did some forced co-writing in college. I did study songwriting. So, um, and I did see the value in that. It's, it's (laughs) really cool to lock yourself in a room with, Another with another songwriter, okay? As long as sure. you're a songwriter as well. Um, that can be really cool. It's produced some different types of music out of me. Um, mm-hmm. My first EP, So Many Nights, there's one song on there, actually two, two songs that I co-wrote. And they're a little different than how I had typically written. Mm-hmm. Um, so, So that was cool. Now, lately, I've been writing mostly by myself, but I've gone into the studio with uh, my producer, Chris Sweet, and Mm -hmm. I had uh, these these last two songs mostly finished. I thought they were mostly finished. Right. And what I love about working with Chris is he will challenge things Mm -hmm. that, that I do, you know, so even if I think it's done, he'll say, Hey, what are you actually trying to say with this line? Sure. And like I said, sometimes it's a line that I'm like, It's fine. It's done. It's finished. And it, he'll really pull out of me um, the vulnerability. Sure. And so, so then that turns into a co write, you know, where he's like, I think what you want to say is this.
2: Oh, wow. And,
1: and it's really cool that, um, at least for these last two songs, New Normal and then the single before it, Not Like You, mm-hmm. uh, he's he's really been spot on. He's really complimented my songwriting with his writing. So sure. it's meant a lot to me recently to co-write with him.
0: Right. So, the, so you and him work together and you're obviously on a similar wavelength, it sounds yeah. like, a little bit, which is valuable. What I'm curious so about is we actually, we can establish that that's valuable. What about those forced co-writes? How did you feel about it after (laughs) that?
2: Hmm. Because
0: I have talked to people where they co-wrote songs, like I have a buddy, and he had to, his label he was on forced him to co-write a song in Nashville with a pro songwriter he had never met. Yep. He, He left the session, and he's like, I hate this song, and it ended up having to be one of their band's, uh, one of their band's singles.
1: And he was just like,
0: I hate this song. But then I've also talked to people where they're like, co-writing is so wonderful because you're in a room. I have a buddy who writes songs in Nashville and that's what he does. And he's like, it's so awesome being in a room with three people. And you say that idea that in your room that you think is stupid. And then you say it out loud and someone's like, oh my God, that's it. Right, right. (laughs) The immediate reassurance. So I have to wonder Mm -hmm. what the forced co-writing was like for you.
1: (laughs) So, yeah, I say forced because it was, it was an assignment, you know, it was like advanced lyric writing classes where you just get paired up randomly Mm -hmm. and you have to come back, you know, the the following week or three or four days later with a co-write. So that's why I say forced, but, Fortunately, the people I worked with were songwriters.
0: They they had that goal in mind too. Yeah,
1: yeah, and they had that background and experience, uh, so they were they were positive experiences. Good, um, good. You know, I can't say we I went on to record any of those or or most of them, but they were valuable experiences. It it taught me how to be a good co-writer
0: sure it was a good exercise yeah really and so much of starting that process of writing out starts as an exercise really I mean even the bad songs you find in your diary that was really an exercise you weren't aware of um so interesting what are your uh kind of plans musically going forward like are there more singles coming this year
1: uh, yeah. So I will have more music this year. Okay. Um, you know, I'll be honest as an independent artist, it's tough to, to say, oh, so here's my plan. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't sure. have, you know, I don't have um, a manager or a label mm-hmm. that, you know, that has put out these expectations and subsequently a plan. <laughs> you know to get there. And and sometimes that's really nice. I have the freedom to do what I want. Right. But other times it's actually overwhelming. Sure. Because I'm the boss at the end of the day. <laughs> so the most I can guarantee is new music absolutely. Um I had some a bunch of live shows lined up which that's all fallen through because of the whole COVID situation. Yeah. Uh, But there will be live shows. I can't wait to get on the road and play some shows. Um, But yeah, as far as plan goes, well, I think that word is out the window for all of us this year.
0: (laughs) Sure, sure, sure. (laughs) And there's, I mean, realistically, I feel like songwriters and writing, we put stuff together like that, songs, and we create and nothing's ever truly finished. We just decide it's close enough. So, oh,
1: true.
0: so without having a plan, it's got to almost be like, well, I can really, really work on this without having that strict, strict deadline to get what you want, which I've noticed about you. You definitely, you want things to be as good as they can be is what I have noticed. You seem like a perfectionist. Really? How my, you uh,
1: noticed that?
0: I I just noticed it. Um so far in all of my interviews and anything I've ever shared and it's mostly like dudes so uh-huh. I feel like we're all like just lazy bums and it's just like <laughs> hey do you mind if I do this? Yeah sure do whatever you want. And you're like no wait wait. I here here's better looking photos to share. <laughs> You know, like,
1: yes, that's me.
0: (laughs) And, and, you know, I think at first you were like, oh man, I'm so sorry. I didn't mean to say. And I was like, no, no, I'm pretty impressed that you care. You know, you're putting a lot of time into this. So, you know, just impressed that you care. And it makes you, it does give off that perfectionist vibe, which, you know, not having a plan is probably, you can call things done when you're good and goddamn ready (laughs) to. Yeah.
1: You know, I I appreciate hearing that. I am uh, a perfectionist. <clears throat> um, but I have to say, over the past year, mm-hmm. maybe only like, yeah, actually, I would say about the past year, I have really been trying to let go of perfectionism because for a number of years... That's the very reason I didn't release any music.
0: It's it's a hang up at times. Yeah.
1: Oh, yeah, absolutely. I didn't. I hardly released any content because I was caught up on perfecting the content that I was creating and working on. And then I just realized if I keep going this route, I'm never going to put anything out there. Like, sure. I'm not getting any younger.
0: So. <laughs> None of us are. Um question that i'm actually curious um your current producer that you're you know it seems like you gel with really well how Mm -hmm. long have you been working with him on your stuff
1: yeah so funny story about that i met chris Mm -hmm. at a show i played when i was like 17 or 18
2: Mm
1: -hmm. i opened for a band that he was connected to and Mm -hmm. after the show he came up to me and I know I like have a post on social media somewhere about this like he came up to me leather jacket like a pack of Marlboros in his pocket and I was like okay who's this like cool dude coming up (laughs) to me and like why does he want to talk to me yeah and he was just like hey so uh You're really fucking good. And that totally caught me by surprise. And um, so anyways, like the following summer, he produced my first EP, which is nowhere to be found. Let me tell you. Oh, isn't it? It's like all my first songs, like just the songs about heartbreak that I had never actually experienced that I wrote as a teenager.
0: Yeah. Your perception (laughs) of heartbreak.
1: Exactly. So we first worked together um, about 10 years ago. And then I went off to college, got married, had some children. And over the past few years, um, basically, when I realized, okay, I just have to let go of perfectionism and writing the perfect song and coming up with the perfect plan of how I'm going to execute all of this. I just, I reached out to him and I was like, I just need to get back in the studio and make some music. Mm-hmm. And he was finishing up a, a project that he had been working on. Um, he had gone back and forth to Nashville a few times. His skill had has really grown, you know, since the first time we worked together. Mm-hmm. And of course, so has mine. So, So now we've been working together for a couple of years.
0: Okay. Because I, I just found that I, I kind of started wondering about it because you mentioned how he kind of helped you complete lyrical thoughts that you thought were done. So I was just yeah. like, I wonder what level of that collaboration is helping you decide, you know, okay, this one is done. It's time to move to the next one. If you do get into that perfectionist mode, maybe I'm projecting a little bit and I apologize if I am, but it's just honest curiosity. but
1: yeah well um
0: because just... i've i've had hang-ups like that too i i released i'm in that kind of mode right now where it's like i released songs forever ago that you can find but they're like the ones that people can't find of yours and they probably shouldn't be able to be located You should probably <laughs> bury them somewhere but ever since then it's like every single idea i have it's no 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 nope. You know, because of that kind of perfectionist nature. Yeah, you gotta let that like go. Almost like you want it. You want it to be my best example. It has to be continuum the second it comes out of me. It can't be any <laughs> crappy Love version it. of bedroom production, you know.
1: Yeah, yeah. Um, well, one quick thing I want to say is interestingly enough, um lyrically. Yes, like yeah, I'm kind of a perfectionist. Um but at least with the past two songs that I've released, actually like the past three songs, lyrically I knew they were done. I didn't feel like I didn't feel like oh, I need to keep going back to this. I need to keep working on it. If I feel like that, the song cannot go anywhere. Mm-hmm. If I feel like I guess that line works or yeah, that's all right. It's not good enough for me and that's not me claiming you know I write a totally solid song no not at all but it's really just when it comes down to like the production stuff or like uh you know like I know you know okay there's some pitch correction on this song but gosh that one word it's just not quite right or I don't know or like was that really the right synth sound it's a little should it be more washy or you know can you like Mm -hmm. just I don't know push the bass like a little bit more it's that stuff that I have to just let go of and realize the average listener is not going to notice
0: yeah yeah the the old nobody gives a shit how your snare drum sounds
1: nobody's ever gonna be like I picked
0: up your. I picked up your new single and honestly that snare sound, that's what hooked me for <laughs> that
1: except for you and me. Right. Except right. For right. Like right. Us.
0: <laughs> right. Meanwhile, I'm over here, trashing Sam Smith's album as a whole, <laughs> which I shouldn't do, but cause it is good, but you know, interesting. So that's all good information. So that's, that's really fun information. So I guess now like what, what influences what you write like who do you listen to primarily outside of writing where does the influence come from
1: that's a good question and i'll be honest i always feel like i should listen to more than i do sure i should listen to more classical music and more classic music and better songwriters um but I listen to a lot of pop music. I mm-hmm. love pop. Um, as far as like, I'd say so classic influences for me would be Carole King. I just love her.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, Carole King, John Mayer. Love yeah. him.
0: Talking just, to the right guy there.
1: Just love his songwriting. I mean, I love everything about him. But
0: yeah. I. Just, I
1: I really am a big fan of of his style and his songwriting and gosh, you know, I could listen to John Mayer and Carol King and feel inspired, like just listen to them. Mm-hmm. And for me personally, I could feel inspired to just keep writing and sure. doing what I'm doing. Um, so I can't say, you know, there's anybody else in, particular that's like this huge influence on me
0: sure that's fair and I will accept the John Mayer influence as the final nail in the coffin for that because I've seen the man (laughs) 25 times -uh. Uh uh-huh no Since, since 2007 I have literally like every traveling opportunity that I do the first time I ever got on a plane, it was to New York City in twenty fifteen to go see John Mayer play with the dead. And since Oh my goodness. at least since like two thousand six I've seen him twenty five times now. And I think at wow. least like fourteen of those times have been since like twenty fifteen.
1: Okay, major respect. That's crazy.
0: I don't know. It's kinda it's financially <laughs> irresponsible. And I'm looking at my buddy who bought a house this week. And I'm like, well, damn, I could have had a pretty sweet down payment on a <laughs> house. But, you know, I had a good time. That's what matters, yeah. right? I but, saw uh, him
1: for the first time last, last summer. Last oh, summer. Really? So close. Like, I don't know, like 50 feet from the stage. And it was mm. just, it was wonderful.
0: That was a good tour. I like, see, now I'm nerding out. I like that band a lot. Um, oh my gosh, they were awesome. And uh, yeah, I could I could go for days on that. I won't bore you with that, but. Um, <laughs> Next time. Yeah, right, right. Okay. Um, so the last question I have for you generally, and I'm guessing it would be new normal at this point, but if you had a song to like stand up for your uh, catalog or like be a handshake with listeners who haven't heard you, which one would it be that they can find?
1: Yeah, so I think it would be Aftermath. Okay. I released Aftermath in 2019. And gosh, I just, I love the song. I think that it's everything that, it's everything I want in in a song. It's reflective and emotional. Mm-hmm but I think ultimately it's hopeful and inspiring sure. and that is what I want people to get out of my music. Even if it's a sad song, if it's a heartbreak song, ultimately I want people to feel like their emotions and their feelings are acknowledged sure. and whether they're just hopeful and inspired because of that, or they're hopeful and inspired because, um, they feel like, okay, you know, I'm, I'm not alone in this, and I can just keep moving forward. Like, that's how I want people to feel from my music. So Aftermath does that. Was it true? Was it selfish? You always had to bear
2: my burdens These memories with me every day Would hold me down And haunt me if I stay. But I'm coming up from the end Hold us back Wish I had another chance